Welcome to a special edition of the Club Leadership Podcast with Jim Weidman, the original podcast for next gen and Kidman leaders. On this episode, Jim is sharing one of the club classics. Now, here's Jim. Uh, I want to teach a lesson called, Are Your Facilities Stunning Your Growth? You know, there's a lot of people that want to grow. In fact, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to grow. But there are some factors that make us grow and uh, cause growth to happen. And just because you want to grow doesn't mean that you will. If, if, if all it was was a matter of just wanting to, we'd all be in mega churches. Well, not everyone, because there's some people that just don't want to grow. But I want you to know that growing is a biblical concept. You know, every time my mom sees me, she thanks God that I was born small. And that is God's plan, that things start out small. The Bible tells us don't despise small beginnings, but it doesn't say we have to live there. If you had a child that that baby was born and it was the same size, the same weight, the same height at age 16 as it was the day you brought it home from the hospital, I don't think you'd be waiting to, uh, to its 16th birthday to call the doctor and find out what in the world is wrong, what's going on. And you know, our ministries are the same way. And I want you to understand it is God's will that you grow. You say, Jim, we don't live in the book of Numbers. We live in the book of Acts. But when you read the book of Acts, you find out that it's full of numbers. And every time there was a number that was written in the book of Acts, if you keep reading a little bit, you'll find a bigger number. And so I want you to see that God really does, does want us to grow. You know, I've said this for years, but, uh, you know, a New Testament church is one that grows every day. And so, uh, you know, the Bible says that God added to the church daily. And so it's important that we grow. Isaiah 54, verses second, uh, 2 and 3 say, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Again, your descendants, they'll make nations move, and they'll settle in desolate cities. In other words, God wants us to grow, and growth should be a natural part of what we do. Now, you've heard me say this before, but there's four different keys to growth. There's organizational structure. This includes your policies and procedures. There's also people. You got to have the right people in the right places. This is both staff and volunteers. You can't do the ministry with just all paid staff. I hear a lot of people only wanting their paid staff to be the ones that present the gospel to folks. You know what? That's just not biblical. I want you to see something. It's the five-fold ministry gift. It's their job to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ will be built up. Every believer, I believe, is a minister. And God wants to use us to have the right people in the right places. And that's a big part of growth. There's a lot of people that aren't growing because they don't have the right people in the right places. But organizational structure and people alone, uh, alone is just not enough. It also, I believe, to grow, you got to have some smart work and some hard work. You know, uh, productivity really matters. It really matters how effective the things that we do. If you're not checking to make sure that we're getting results, I believe with all my heart that we're not, you're not working smart. Uh, it's important that we not just write how we want to spend our time. If you've heard any of the teachings and things that I do on time management or if you've read 
uh, my book, Beat the Clock, you know that it's not enough just writing how you want to spend your time. You got to stop and look at how you actually spend it and see if you spend it in a way that is bearing fruit and working, or do you need to change things? But I want you to see that there's a missing part. The ministry looks a whole lot like work. Now, I get a lot of people get on to me and say, Jim, you just work too much. But you know what? If you worked as much as me, you'd get as much as me done. And I believe uh, the ministry sometimes looks a whole lot like work. And it's important that we work smart, but we also have to work hard. And having that whatever it takes uh, mentality, I think, is one of the things that it takes to grow on a regular basis. But the fourth key to growth is something that many times we just kind of uh, just take for granted. And listen, you can want to grow, you can uh, structure and organize and do all these different things, but also it's important that you uh, grow in your facilities and your facilities have room. Now, I believe this with all my heart that uh, just like um, uh, you know, your facilities are more than just the actual classrooms or the sanctuary. Uh, families come as units. They just don't come as individual people. And so uh, you can have room in the auditorium or the sanctuary and not have enough room in your children's spaces to grow. Your children's spaces or your youth space or the lack thereof could be... Um, stunning your growth. And so when I look at facilities, there are things like, what about the rooms? Do you have enough classrooms? Do you have enough classrooms in particular ages? You're not going to uh, draw a lot of babies and young mothers uh, if you don't have more than one room for your nursery. All, also, the hallways. Can you just make it down the hallways? Signage can become an issue, as well as bathrooms. Uh, I went to a church one time that only had one bathroom, one stool in the whole church, and it had to be used for men and women. Now, the church people, they knew not to drink anything after 12 midnight the night before, but it was really tough on visitors, and it was just a big old long line trying to get to that bathroom, and it stunted uh, the church's growth. Parking can also be something that stunts your growth, as well as the furnishing, uh, the furnishings, the the furniture, the equipment that you have to work with. There's more to a building than just rooms. Uh, you also have to have places to sit down and and uh, things to be able to do the work of the ministry we're doing right now. Uh, and the other type of structure is a maintenance structure. Now, this is also true in facilities just like it is with people in organizational structures. And so just because you have room for more people in the sanctuary doesn't mean that you can park more people. Uh, parking has to also be addressed as well as all of the different classrooms. And you can have a maintenance structure in several different places, but if you have... Uh, if you are uh, really falling behind in a certain area and it's a maintenance mode rather than a growth uh, mode in your facilities, you're not going to be growing in those areas. And so I want us to spend the rest of our time talking about structuring facilities for growth because I believe that God uh, wants your facilities 
to, to be able to handle growth uh, just like your organizational policies and structure and people things and some of the things that we've been talking about. So the first thing that I think uh, is beneficial for everyone is to head over uh, to this list of seven areas above and ask yourself in each one of these, are you a growth or a maintenance mode? You say, Jim, what are you talking about? It's real simple. Uh, in every age group, which age group could you handle some more kids in? Uh, which ones could you not? Maybe your rooms are fine, but your hallways are too small. Uh, because of hallways uh, in a, a situation, uh, you might have to to um, look at ways to get lines out of hallways uh, so that you can handle more people and turn that into a growth structure. The same thing with signage. Uh, if people can't find their way around or there's so many different kind of signs because of all the different things that are happening in the building, uh, it's just confusing. And so your parking is one of those things you have to ask yourself about. In your furnishings, you can have more room in uh, a in a building, but you might need to buy some chairs. And so uh, in all these different things, you have to ask yourself, am I a growth structure or a maintenance structure? And uh, then come up with a plan to turn every single one of these uh, into a maintenance structure for growth. Now, you've heard me before. Um, people follow people with a plan. And rather than just doing an overall plan, I think it's important that you make specific plans and plans for every area. Uh, and, and so, again, uh, I think it's important that you come up with a plan. Uh, sometimes you say, well, if we could just build a new building or add a new parking lot, uh, that'd be the easy thing. Well, you know what? It's hard to find a few extra million dollars these days. And just building a new building or adding a parking lot may not be a possibility, and it might not be the right thing. You've heard me say this before, but God leads us in steps. says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And many times, building a new building might not be a step. It might be a leap or a jump. And so the next step might be coming up with a whole different um, service or coming up with um, uh, a brand new uh, service time. If you're in one service, go into two, or if you're in two, go to three or four. And uh, again, uh, those are some things that you have to ask yourself, uh, what can we do to make uh, room and make it a maintenance structure, but it be a step and not a leap or a jump. Here's some great uh, questions you have to ask yourself. Can you rent or lease? There was one time when I was in Tulsa, we had um, uh, grown and outgrown all of our classrooms, and we were in a rented facility, and it was just really great because although um, – uh, it wasn't ideal to cut a hole in the back of the sanctuary and uh, have our families walk through the sanctuary to get to another set of classrooms. Uh, it sure was great that there was more space that we could rent or lease and open up to handle the growth that we needed to have. Sometimes you can use nearby space. Maybe there's uh, something that you're able to bus to or go to. I know that uh, for a long time here at World Outreach Church, we needed some extra classrooms, and so we just had a shuttle bus. If they would meet in one place here at the church, they'd load a bus, go down to our gymnasium, and, uh, you know, when the parents got out of big church, all the kids were back in their places. And so um, 
we just looked for space nearby. Uh, when I was in Birmingham, uh, we had a Christian school that was down the road. And when we outgrew uh, children's spaces at the main campus, uh, we just had parents drop the kids off uh, a mile down the road at another facility. This wasn't the best thing in the world because we didn't always have first-time visitors uh, the first week they went. They went to the main campus and then found out the kids' ministry was in another place. I always said we didn't have first-week visitors. We had second- and third-week visitors. But again, uh, it, in this growing stage uh, of our church, it helped us to have a growth structure and not just a maintenance structure. Are there any kind of temporary or portable options? Sometimes uh, using portable buildings or pulling up temporaries and doing different things. Uh, adding services is one of those things. You know, it's amazing. When we had just one Saturday service, I have to be honest with you, it was one of the hardest services to get workers for because if you were wanting people to serve one and attend one, those Saturday folks and able to do that, uh, they had to make it a two-day commitment. And you know, not everybody wants to go to church for two days. And so when we were able to have a second Saturday night service, it was one of the greatest things that ever happened for volunteers because everybody could do just like Sunday. They could serve one and, uh, and they could also attend one. We've just had to go through a situation where we've asked 600 people to leave our 1030 service and to join us on Saturday night. And it's been amazing. All the folks with kids have picked the five o'clock service on Saturday night rather than the seven o'clock. It just fit uh, the, the children's bedtime and their schedules better. But you know, it made a way that every worker could also attend church. And so that makes a difference. Uh, sometimes you say you're not able to add any more services and you can't do some of these other options. Another thing that will help you to be able to grow is maybe change your programming. You say, oh, no, Jim, uh, we're going to stick with the programming. You know what? It doesn't hurt anything to change your programming for a time. You know, over the 35 years that I've been doing children's and youth ministry, I've had almost every kind of different age or grouping that you could have. And sometimes we had to come up with those groupings uh, because of needing workers. Uh, sometimes it was just these were all the kids in this age group that we had. Other times we had to really base it on programming. Uh, I know when I was in Tulsa in those early years of the church, we were growing so quick that um, – you know, I used to kid and say all I wanted for Christmas was a two-story educational building. We didn't really have a lot of places where we could have a lot of breakout or small group rooms because we were just growing so fast, um, we needed every possible room we could get our hands on. And so I want you to see that changing your programming from time to time might be a necessity for you to be able to handle some of the things you're doing. You say, well, I just couldn't imagine not doing small groups. You just have to do small groups in a creative or a different way and look for different things to take the place uh, of, of small groups when you don't have smaller rooms. Uh, also, change the usage. Uh, there are times that I've used my office for a nursing mother's room. I didn't go in there. Uh, I just had to give it to the nursing mothers. And there's times that uh, at different services, because of the crowds and the numbers that you're having, there is a different usage 
for all of the different folks uh, that help uh, that in all of the rooms, uh, there's a different usage for each one. Uh, another option that uh, is something that's really become popular in the last few years is starting a multi-site campus. Uh, now, I'll be real honest with you. Uh, to me, multi-site opens up a whole different set of um, circumstances in children's ministry because it's just really hard with different people to carry on the same program and the same vision in the same way. Uh, you know, and when you're showing a video, that's a lot different um, and so what's happening with the adults is a lot easier to pull off than what happens in kids' ministry. But uh, again, one of the things that I love about our church, we're a multi-venue or a multi-site church on one location. All of our children's ministry is in one area. And so although our sanctuaries are multi-site, uh, our classrooms are not. And so uh, that's kind of an interesting twist on that. But I want you to see that uh, really there's there's no limit to what you come up with as an alternative or a way to uh, help you to continue to grow. But what it does uh, call for is for you to have to think differently. You know, so many times we're just more comfortable um, with old problems than we are with new solutions. And I think one of the best things that you can do is just brainstorm with some folks and play a good old game of what if and see what in the world you can do uh, to really come up with some alternatives to be able to uh, grow these things. Another thing, um, uh, when it comes to hallways, uh, we've talked a little bit about things that you can do with buildings, things you can do with rooms, but with hallways, one of the best things that I know to do is look for places where you can put the line inside the room rather than out in the hallway. This is going to uh, let your hallway have a little more room. Anytime that you can make a hallway one way, like a one-way street, uh, where folks can only go down this way and they can exit another way, maybe there's some exits to the outside and you direct people flow a little bit. Sometimes with hallways, this is uh, a necessity to be able to turn it into a growth structure. Uh, another thing that kind of goes with our next one, which is signage, is sometimes you have to get the signs from eye level and hang them from the ceiling so people are able to flow down a hallway and still see where they're going. Uh, signage is one of those things that I don't think you can ever get enough, but it's important that you uh, you don't put you or here signs in a place where there's a uh, intersection that can get blocked. And so some of the same rules that you use in highway traffic and street traffic, uh, you have to use in hallways to make sure that um, you're able to uh, flow um, throughout the building and find, uh, again, one of the things that I let folks know is from every entrance, you ought to be able to find every classroom in your church from every entrance and then also back out the door. It's uh, not good enough if they just find their way to the sanctuary, they got to find their way back. And so that's important. Another thing is looking at your bathrooms. Uh, you know, there are times that uh, you might have to turn some of the men's bathrooms into women's bathrooms. Uh, there's uh, different services that you might have to uh, change that. I'll never forget the first time I went to a Willow Creek Children's Conference and they'd taken all these men's 
uh, restrooms and and turned them into ladies to facilitate all the ladies was at that was at the convention. And although I didn't really like walking a little further, uh, I thought that was brilliant that they came up with that way. And because you couldn't add any plumbing just for that one event, they were able to change some of those where it was able uh, to be used. And so uh, maybe if bathrooms is one of the things that's stunning your growth, uh, you're able to uh, build a block of restrooms somewhere, um, uh, add that to the building to make a difference to help change that from a maintenance structure back to a growth structure. Furnishings is one of those things that, uh, you know, in the last few years, it's been amazing how a lot of folks have gotten away from chairs. Some folks like chairs. Um, uh, one of my friends in, in Infuse, uh, Chris, was showing me the easy risers or the um, little easy uh, pews that uh, they make for children's church. And I think that's a, a great idea. But uh, in every area, look what you can do to add uh, furnishings. We were looking at those easy risers, and just by adding those to one of our children's ministry um, areas, uh, we were able to sit more people. I remember uh, my very first church uh, over in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, we ran out of room and just built bleachers. Uh, in the children's church room and was able to handle a lot more kids in the same amount of space. And so furnishings is one of those things that you can look at and ask yourself, are you in a growth structure or a maintenance structure when it comes to furnishings? Another thing that you might have to do is anything that you're not using or anything that's just being stored, you go ahead and get rid of it. It's amazing how much clutter that we can have in our churches, and uh, that's one of the things that can help you as well. Equipment is one of those things that uh, getting projectors up off the floor, putting uh, things on the ceiling, putting TVs on the ceiling, uh, some of the equipment that you use can also help you to clear off more space to put kids. And so uh, always asking yourself, is this the best equipment at the right time for the use that I'm using and the space that I'm using. And by looking at each one of these things and coming up uh, with, uh, you know, a growth or a, a maintenance structure and identifying that and then coming up with a plan to fix that. You know, maybe your plan is not uh, a long-range fix, but if you can just make things better on um, a short-run basis. I remember one time, at a church that I was working at, uh, there was no way that we could add any more parking to the church. And folks were having to uh, park further and further away. But one of the things we could do is add a shuttle or two to pick folks up and uh, to let them know that we were trying to make things better. Although we couldn't add to the parking, we could uh, you know, really not make them walk so far and we could try to serve people uh, in a better way. And I think when people know you are trying to do everything in your power to make things better and to serve people, uh, they're going to work with you uh, while you're working on that, uh, that problem of, from going away from just a, a um, short uh, attack to when you can really do a permanent long-scale version of how to fix it. And so those are just a few things that I think will help you as you look at ways to uh, 
let your building not stunt your growth. Now, when you're coming into buildings, how do you know how much to build? One of the things that I've seen over the years is that churches usually have um, percentages that pretty much stay the same. Their percentage of nursery to adults, preschool to adults, elementary to adults, these percentages pretty much stay the same throughout the history of the church. It's the numbers that change. You know, 20% of 100 people is different than 20% of 1,000 people, but it's still 20%. And uh, that's one of the things that I've noticed in church growth. Churches have personalities. And there are some churches that just have a higher uh, percentage of a certain age group, and they seem uh, to keep those over a period of years that you watch that. It might fluctuate, you know, one, two, three percent here or there, but it's pretty much the same thing. And in looking at building a new auditorium, it's not enough, you know, uh, if you're building something that's 25 percent bigger. Uh, for adults, it's important that you convert what percentage that uh, 25% more adults is going to be in your ratio of adults to nursery, adults to preschool, adults to elementary, uh, and look at those uh, different percentages so you're also increasing there. I've known folks that's built a bigger building and actually had less space for kids because they didn't increase um uh, the spaces equally and their old spaces ended up was more of a growth structure than what the new facilities became. So I think that's important. When we built here at World Outreach Church, we knew we were building a growth structure, something that uh, was not just for uh, the one sanctuary that we were adding on, but uh, when we grow and we're able to have three um, or four sanctuaries going at the same time, I came up with what children's ministry space we needed uh, to be at 75 or 80% full of those four sanctuaries. And so this is the first time in a long time that we've had extra classrooms. But you know what? Uh, every week we keep adding and growing more classrooms and, and uh, expanding, and there'll be a time when that growth structure turns more and more into a maintenance structure. And then we'll have to ask ourselves, what do we do? Do we build? Do we lease? Do we add on? Do we start another service? Uh, I love what my pastor says. He says, man, if folks will show up at 3.30 on Tuesday uh, for church, we'll have another service. And that's a wonderful thing, working at a church that's willing to do whatever it takes to touch people and expand the kingdom of God. So I hope that this has given you some ideas and some things to do in planning a new building. Another thing that I always try to do is um, I try to uh, watch where my lines are going to choke down hallways. I'll try to watch out for any uh, two walls that uh, will be touching one another when both rooms have a PA system. Uh, look for where your doors, architects love to line doors up and have them right across from each other. And one of the best things you can do is stagger those doors so that lines in your hallways aren't choked down and, and uh, really blocking things, and it helps that hallway to stay a growth structure. Well, I hope that helped you. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the club. We'll be back next month, I promise, and uh, I appreciate all, 
appreciate all of you that are a member of the club. I'm really excited because uh, it's the time of the year where we're finishing one of our infused groups. In fact, I'm infused, uh, I'm finishing up three infused groups and getting ready to start uh looking through applications and taking applications for Infuse 5. I uh, want to encourage you to go to jimweidman.com, look there under Infuse. You'll see that it's changed a little bit. It's a six-month program. There's four phone calls, two retreats, and uh, it is a, a great program. If you're looking for something just a little more in-depth than a conference, uh, somebody that can walk with you and help you grow. That's what Infuse is all about. So check that out, and I pray that it is a blessing to you. Thanks for listening to the Club Leadership Podcast with Jim Weidman. To continue the conversation online, go to kidmancoach.com and click on the club group. For more information about Jim, his blog, books, and resources, as well as his Infuse coaching program, go to jimweidman.com. At Jim Weidman Ministries, we're committed to building strong leaders.